from the Bet America Radio Network. This is the Who Do You Like podcast. Who do you like? With tips, angles, and information to help you win at sports betting. Now, here's your host, Scott Shapiro. Hey, sports fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Who Do You Like podcast. We dove into the NFL over the past couple of weeks, and of course, we'll get back to football chatter a ton over the next several months. But this week, we shift back to racing, where Saratoga Racecourse opens on Thursday afternoon. I grew up in the Northeast, just four and a half hours south of Saratoga Springs. And while I spent most of my early days going to Garden State Park or Philadelphia Park, now parks, it was the once-a-year trips to the spa with my dad that I remember most. We generally would leave early on Sunday morning and stay until Tuesday a.m., soaking in two full cards. Without these special trips, I'm fairly certain I'd be doing something different with my life. When I decided to make racing and handicapping my career, I was fortunate enough to spend a month in Saratoga on a couple of occasions. If your schedule ever allows you to take this meet in that way, I highly recommend it. Once again, truly special times at one of my favorite places on earth. I'm thrilled to welcome in New York Racing Association's Andy Sterling to chat about the opening day card at the spa in just a moment. But first, a quick reminder. If you're new to the pod and like what you hear, you can find it each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe so you are aware when each new episode goes live. And if you would be so kind as to hit that five-star rating and leave a comment, it would go a long way. All right, my guest this week is the gold standard, in my opinion, for on-air handicapping and race analysis, and a man that I've been fortunate enough to learn quite a bit from over the past several years, the television analyst and handicapper for the New York Racing Association, my friend Andy Sterling. What's up, Andy? You make it up to Saratoga Springs safely? I did, and it's uh, it's pretty great being here. I mean, I'm looking out my window right now. It's a beautiful day, and uh, it's a beautiful town, and, and there's nothing better than coming to Saratoga. I think that initial feeling when you get to town with the meet ahead of you is really one of the most exciting parts of any year and really of a lifetime. Yeah, completely jealous. I've spent, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, quite uh, a few days in Saratoga, nowhere near as many as you as uh, you have, but certainly uh, a big reason why I got into horses so much. Does it feel any different to be there uh, a week earlier than normal, or maybe you get up there and, and have a vacation of sorts at sometimes? Forget. Yeah, you know, I, normally this is exactly when I get up almost every year. But usually I'm hanging around doing nothing and visiting my mom and, and you know, just sort of chilling, um, waiting for the meet to start for about a week or so. So the only difference is we're getting into it pretty quickly. But obviously the payoff is that we'll be racing five days a week and not six. And for me, I mean, obviously a lot goes into it. It's not it's not all about me, even though I believe it is. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a real it's it's really great to have two days off because it'll make it just much easier to get the work done and a lot less pressure and a little more time to relax. So I'm looking forward to why I think it's just going to be a tremendous meet. Yeah, and I definitely, you were one of the first people I thought of when they mentioned uh, No Mondays and I heard it for the first time. I certainly, from a from a selfish perspective, I adored those Mondays because it was actually a day off for me where I got to sit home and really focus on it. But uh, for people like yourself that have to put the amount of time you do into it, five days is, is more than enough. I can't even imagine doing what you do six days a week. So uh, very happy for you. Um, we'll dive into opening day at Saratoga in just a second. But uh, before we do, I just wanted to get some final thoughts on Stars and Stripes Day at Belmont. An awesome card uh, on Saturday. We saw five graded stakes races, a couple of extremely impressive performances, some real good rides. Curious who wowed you most, though, in Elmont on Saturday afternoon, Andy? 
You know, I mean, I have to say the single most impressive horse of the day was Preservationist. And I think it's, you know, we, we, listen, you would agree, I think we could use some stars in the uh, the older horse division. And well, I don't think Catholic Boy ran badly. I just think he ran to a horse that blew his doors off legitimately at Preservationist. And to see a six-year-old that uh, Jimmy Jerkins has done a very good job of keeping somehow on the racetrack at different times while running very sparingly, to see him finally being sound for a period of time and putting together performances like he has, it's sort of a satisfying thing. So I, I look forward to preservationists going forward, but I think there were just good performances all day long. I mean, Concrete Rose has, has, has demonstrated that right now. She's an indisputable leader of the three-year-old Billy division on the turf. And as far as the Colts, the Belmont Derby, I mean, Henley Joy ran very well, but he got a good trip. And I think that series with the Saratoga Derby on, uh, on, on August 4th, the day after the Whitney, and then we get back to Belmont and we close it out with the Jockey Club Derby. I think that series is going to be really interesting. We'll see big fields and wide open races because I think it's just very winnable depending on trips. Yeah, trip definitely made the difference there. Great ride by Jose Lescano on Henley's Joy, who had been unlucky yeah. in a number of her uh, previous races. Definitely was not unlucky in there. And Code of Honor in the Dwyer, I guess, did what he had to do. I wonder, still, maybe you agree or disagree if he's uh, a mile and a quarter, mile and an eighth type, or maybe that one-turn mile is where he'll be at his best. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the question. He was sensational. I mean, you know, when, it, when people, you know, people have to look at figs and determine how are they run. And even though he obviously ran a much slower race from a buyer perspective, and he got a 97, and the other race was a 108 for both promises fulfilled and preservations, and they're older horses too. He got his fig by by closing into a very, very slow pace. So from a trip perspective, he really ran extremely well, Code of Honor. But I agree with you. I mean, it's a hard thing. Like, you know, if he was your horse, I think you would say, I think he may have a better chance to win the grade one Allen Jerkins on Travers Day. But the upside of winning a race like the Travers, it's too much to pass up on. I really do wonder. And I wonder if Sugar will wheel him back in three weeks in the Jim Dandy to see. And if he wheels him back in three weeks and he doesn't run well, is he going to say, well, he's not really as good at a mile and eighth or I bring him back too quickly. So he's kind of between a rock and a hard place, but whatever eventually, you know, he doesn't race like that. Eventually I think she will get him into the races that best suit him and over his career. I think code of honor is going to prove to be a very good horse. Yeah, he is a very nice horse, very cool horse. And, you know, like you said, Chug will do the right thing eventually. It'll be hard to pass up the Travers, though, off of that effort, whether he brings him back or not. All right, let's talk some Saratoga. Uh, before we get into the late pick five, uh, which is a wager I'm extremely excited for to be available on Bet America and Twin Spires as well as everywhere else this summer. Um, I just wanted to start with a tweet you sent out on Saturday evening. I'd just gotten uh, into the card myself. Uh, and it was, by the way, this is Andy speaking, by the way, I'm being reminded tonight how much work goes into handicapping the cards at Saratoga. Certainly agree with that. But for those that are not as familiar with playing the spa, what is it that makes these cards so much more challenging and time-consuming and therefore rewarding when you hit? Well, I mean, obviously, the cards like this one and the one we drew on Friday, uh, they're bigger fields. <laughs> so, you know, if you're looking right. at six and seven horse fields, it takes a certain amount of time. If you're looking at nine, 10, 11 horse fields, it's going to take a lot longer. But also, we get a lot of shippers here. I mean, I love that the Kentucky horses come in every year, and I love to see those horses. But when we're running races, without a lot of shippers, and I'm sure this is something you're familiar with as well, and any handicapper is, especially somebody like us that spends a lot of time, you're so familiar with the horses, I don't have to spend a lot of time in formulator, I don't have to watch a lot of replays. When you start getting a lot of shippers, 
I'm spending a lot of time on Formulator looking up, uh, looking up past performances, looking up who these horses ran against, trying to familiarize myself with who they are, looking up more trainer stats, and just generally watching more replays. So the amount of work just is much more intensive. And in this case, that report, the weather report initially had was, was going to be a complete washout on Wednesday, on Thursday. So I'm looking at the races for turf and dirt, and it turns out that weather forecast has is improved dramatically, and it now looks like there's a chance of some very mild showers late in the day. So I think we're going to be good. Um, and now it's like, okay, good. I didn't have to look for dirt, but I did because, you know, for opening day card, the last thing I want to do is to be caught with my pants down and have the races get rained off the turf and not done enough work because you want to do your best job every day to meet. But certainly first day you want to come out with at least try to do your best, even if you go for 10. Right, exactly. It'll be interesting to me, the Kentucky horses, I've only been here, uh, this will be my second summer in Kentucky, having followed Churchill for that long, uh, extensively, but I did see such a tremendous upgrade in the product this year. Obviously, Kentucky horses as a whole have generally struggled. Some of the jockeys have struggled at the Saratoga summer meet, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any uh, uptick in, in pr- productivity from horses shipping in. I do think a lot of the races were a lot more competitive. We had a lot of barns in from other parts of the country especially yeah. california so uh, that'll be one thing i'll be following early on to see if uh if, if there's you know uh, horses from kentucky doing better than they have in the past yeah i mean we've had some years we've seen them do very well and i could not agree more with you i mean this was a, a strong meet at churchill there's no denying them. I and mean, we showed a lot of their races and so i was i was looking at a lot more of their races and i've looked at in years past and I mean, there were a lot of wars. <laughs> there were a lot of those cards that I had my head spinning, and they were really, really interesting and deep races. So I agree. It was a, it was a high level of competition there this year. Yeah, it's a great, great thing we got going on here with a number of reasons. But uh, like I said, very, very interesting to see how things go for Kentucky horses at Saratoga. Well, I also mentioned the great news for the horse players this summer is that Naira has opened up the late pick five wager to everyone, 15% takeout. The high quality of racing over the the second part of these cards is awesome. And I should make this the wager this summer and certainly one that I will focus on being the pick five player uh, that I am. And, and on opening day, Andy, it starts in race six with the 10 race card. Um, so let's dive in and see, see, get some thoughts from you and, and myself here, starting with a uh, state bred allowance event, five and a half furlongs on the turf. Looks like we have a full field heels here, some uh, plenty of MTOs, but uh, as you mentioned, the weather forecast looking up. So hopefully we will be on the turf with a fast and firm courses. But uh, I guess starting out these turf races, Andy, I always like to look at the pace of the race and see uh, just how much there is. How did you see the pace of this one uh, playing out? Uh, you know, it, it seems like it's going to be at least a reasonably contentious pace. I'm I'm always reticent to um to to, work, to think the base is going to be as strong as it may look on paper. You know, I wonder sometimes though, of course, like Bronx Bomber, who has a lot of speed, will he have the same speed going five and a half on the turf? You have to imagine horse like analyze this and that'll be going. Ellen Z on the outside, he clearly has to go. So I think that we'll see at least an honest enough pace. Um, We'll see. I don't know. You know, I, 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 it's hard. Um, I don't think we have any, like, it's not like we have two or three absolute bullets in this race, but I think it'll be honest. And it's funny, this race, if it came off the turf, I think it's even a tougher race because not only are there a bunch of MTOs, there's a bunch of horses entered for turf that are dirt horses. So wow. um, I think like a lot of people in this race, I think a horse I'm going to zero in on is Pipes, who has run better races on the dirt but I'm not sure he's not ultimately more of a turf horse. He has kind of a turfy pedigree. He ran okay in his one turf race last summer, and then 
they try to yielding course in the Pilgrim, which was sort of a, you know, a, a, a too steep a spot, and he may just be want to go shorter. And he's a trainer switch to Grand Motion. He gets Joel Rosario, and I think that Pipes is a horse that a lot of people are going to be looking at in this race. And and after him on the turf, you know. Th- I, I, I don't really know what to do with the likes of Veterans Beach, who ran so poorly just about uh, three weeks ago at Belmont Park. I mean, on his prior, prior race, he'd be the favorite. But on his last race, where he was essentially wrapped up on late with absolutely no run, he's a little tough to take off that race last time. But I think you have to use him. And one of the horse I'm going to use near is the eight, like the posse, who came into his own. He finally got his form back two starts ago. He didn't run very well last time, but that was kind of an odd race. And he actually does have a pedigree for turf. His, his dam was a was a multiple winner in the turf. Now, it's not a particularly good turf sire and posse, but I'm going to focus in on pipes and use a little like the posse in Veterans Beach. Yeah, those uh, horses make quite a bit of sense to me. I thought Pipes was very interesting first time for Graham off the bench. And you mentioned the race at Saratoga uh, on August 24th when uh, when he ran well as the 2-1 to one favorite and missed by just half a length to analyze this and that. They wanted to get him on the turf in the debut, but it got washed off and they ran anyway. So I think he'll appreciate the move back to the turf and should get the right trip under Joel. I thought Veterans Beach might, have been, might be the horse to beat. Like you mentioned, the last race was certainly uh, hard to explain excuse yeah. but uh, maybe reacted a bit off the big effort um on may 27th off the significant layoff and does have the win over the uh over the, over the saratoga turf and should get the right trip under manny franco um and analyze this and that from that outside post are you concerned that he gets caught up in a, in a duel or just not crazy about the horse in general no no i think he's not impossible here and, and he has to be mentioned but geez, with L and Z outside of him, I mean, what kind of trip is he going to get in here, right? I mean, he's got L and Z going outside of him and other potential speeds inside of him. He's my fourth choice in here. I'd certainly be a C on my tickets, but I'm not sure the race is going to develop in a positive way for him. But I do think he'll appreciate going from seven furlongs to five and a half. Yeah, that was the one note I had. I think the cutback certainly will benefit. It'll be interesting. I guess Alan Z will run back on six days after uh, winning in wire-wire fashion when probably second best on July 5th, right, to no regrets, who I thought had a real poor trip that day. But, yeah, it looks like it should be an honest pace and and a great way to get these uh, pick five started for the meet. Uh, Relatively wide open race where I think most people will go at least two, three deep, if not deeper. Um, all right, this, the seventh race, Andy, is a uh, another state bred optional claimer race. It's going mile and an eighth this time over the inner turf. And I think uh, we have to start out by talking about Giant Zinger, who uh, takes a massive drop in class out of uh, two straight grade two races. Last time in the New York, took on the likes of uh, Homerique, uh, who will be in the Diana, I believe, as well as Competition of Ideas. Yeah. I know they're on the nom- nominees. Um, and- I'm not sure if Competition Ideas is going to run. I know Homerique is going to. I think Sister Charlie may be making her comeback. Um, that's going to be a fantastic race on Saturday, but it's going to be a, an army of tough Chad Brown horses. <laughs> he only has six nominated. I mean, I don't know if he's going to He have might only top. run five of them, though, Scott. So he <laughs> might, all six may not go. It, it, it reminds me of the old days with Wade Lucas, right? I remember that Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies at 88, that great Breeders' Cup in Churchill when Wayne had a five-horse entry. I think he ran one, two, three, and maybe one, two, three, four. I think he ran one, two, three, four. That's one of my first memories watching Breeders' Cup VHS tapes and seeing the one X uh, uh, hitting the board. And, yeah, I think he ran one, two, three, four in that race. But, yeah, yeah so. New Jersey bred winning open mind. Yeah, open mind. Uh, uh, you know, in, in in this race, Giant Zinger is going to be one horse in the sequence on the turf that people will be zeroing in on, and I can't blame him. And I think if you're playing smaller, 
she's a horse you might consider singling. She's actually trying to win um, back-to-back opening days at Saratoga. And not only that, back-to-back opening day seventh races, right? She won an opening day in the seventh yeah, race last year by a nose over, over a Chad Brown horse. Uh, and, and listen, she has improved going longer, but it's not as though she's inefficient going shorter, and she's way the horse to beat. I've taken a very small shot against her with the 10. We gets to monies. Um, I, I, we gets to monies has to get out of the gate. I mean, she's gotten badly left two straight times, and she's actually run extremely well in those races, considering how she broke and considering the way the race is set up for her. Uh, obviously, you have to worry about horses to get left, but this is a, a major rider upgrade to Joel Rosario, and I'm going to hope that she gets out of the gate, and if she does, I think she has a chance to upset the favorite in here. Beyond them, I mean, I, I do respect War Canoe, but I think this is one where you could go reasonably thin. I picked We Gets the Money on Top, but I think like in an ABC, the old Steve Chris method, I'd be probably using Giant Singer as my A, and maybe Gets the Money as a B, if not an A. Now, do you see a couple concern? One concern on Giant Zinger. The only concern that I really have is really uh, the two wins that she does have were both by a nose back in 2018, and has shown a propensity to run her race, albeit against better in some cases, but still not win. Are you concerned at all that she doesn't really have that nose for the wire, or am I overlooking that and overthinking that no, because I, they've been against I, better? Well, you know. This notion of overthinking, I don't think overthinking is ever a bad thing, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to, especially when you're talking about a favorite like Giant Singer. I think, I think everybody knows why she's going to win this race. The questions are, why isn't she going to win this race, right? And I think it's a very fair comment that, you know, it's not as though she's 30 to 1 in all these races, right? I mean, she's a reasonably short price, and she's got a second by a half length and a second by three quarters. So I, I don't think you're wrong in, in suggesting that possibility. She hasn't won a race since last summer at Saratoga. Yes, she's kept good company. Yes, it's a huge downgrade, but I, I, I don't disagree with that stuff. And listen, she does show a couple of races at Belmont last fall where she finished well. She finished behind We Gets to Money. Uh, I will say, though, that a firmer turf would help her, assuming we don't get any rain and I don't believe we're going to so um but yeah no, i think it's a question it's a reasonable question doesn't mean she's not the horse to beat but it's a reasonable question definitely the horse to beat just trying to figure out how i'm going to navigate through this sequence now that i've done the handicapping but do you see her on the lead or sitting just off the lead of the likes of maybe elegant jam and uh i guess elegant jam i think i'll be the pace hunter. i think elegant jam will go in here the horse on the far outside of 12 vip nation you'd have to think they're yeah, looking to be aggressive with her and, and i think that you know you'll see you'll you'll, you'll see Ryan Zinger sitting fourth or fifth, you know, somewhere in that area, kind of behind him a little bit. I mean, Dynamite Kit, they'll probably get position from the inside. We're purely lucky. I just find them to be a little bit, they're just not quite as good as these horses. Uh, if the race should come off the turf in an unfortunate manner, I think people should throw in VIP Nation. This horse does have dirt races that give her a chance, and she's definitely a horse that's more useful going a mile and eighth as opposed to the cartwheels and maiden beauties and elegant gems that are going to take the most of the money if it should happen to come off the turf. Yeah, she has that December 31st at Aqueduct race last year at a mile and an eighth yeah. where she won going away. And yeah, good point on if it comes off. But yeah, just a matter for me if Giant Zinger is going to be a single or, or what I'm going to – to me, if you if you open it up past that, there's a lot that can win. I agree with the two horses on the inside probably getting good trips but but not being quite at this level. 
All right, let's get to the uh, co-featured grade three, Schuylerville. I thought this came up real strong, Andy, a number of ways to go. You've got, you know, Todd Pletcher, who has won the race several times. You've got Wesley Ward, who has not won the race with Aurelia Garland on the outside. But then you got two Doug O'Neill horses, one that was under his care in May at Santa Anita when winning by six lengths. And then the inside horse, Shippy, who uh, I guess was a private purchase after the uh, race at Laurel, where my goodness, was she impressive. Granted, did not draw from the inside. Thought there was a lot of ways to go in here. Um, where, where did you land, and do you agree that it's pretty uh, wide open? No, I, I I think you've hit all the horses. I mean, the two Doug O'Neill horses both look very good, and I, I, I wouldn't want to try to beat them too much. I do think Aurelia Garland, the, the Wesley Ward horse, actually was impressive first time out, and I could use Aurelia Garland in here, but I'm I'm not gonna. Well, Shippy might be really good, you know, and Comical may be really good too. And I I really think Doug O'Neill has a pretty strong hand with them. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Todd Pletcher's horses, um, both the two and girl, as well as the number nine, Kiss the Girl. It, I think that people do need to be careful with Todd Pletcher horses, particularly ones that two-year-old shipping from out of town for these stakes that look too slow. We've seen over the years Todd have horses that broke their maids at Monmouth. Now sort of Gulfstream is more of his Monmouth. You know, he used to run a lot more of the two-year-olds at Monmouth. Now he seems to run more of them at Gulfstream. I would be be careful by saying, oh, look, you know, look at Integral. She really just kind of beat up on nobody down there. His horses have taken giant steps forward from those debut wins, especially if Manitown have been, been more um, more impressive in these races or more competitive than they might look on paper. So I would be careful about leaving out a horse like Integral. And I just I just think this may be a particularly strong running of this Kylerville. Yeah, it does look real strong, and yet, like you mentioned, Integral did, uh, well, she popped the gate that day and she opened up a big lead right away, so kind of tough to figure out what was behind her, but perhaps Louis right. Sias can get her out of the gate as quickly. I mean, Comical broke real well. You never really know how these horses are going to move forward, I guess, when it comes to the gate, yep. um, but maybe Integral can, can open up and, and stretch that speed out from four and a half to six. Uh, I thought it was interesting, Gary Contessa enters Buxom Beast uh, as a first-time starter, uh, um, they spent 205000 for this daughter of the big beast and the half to gourmet dinner, who was four for six at two years old. What do you think of this move? You think it's overly ambitious or, or any thoughts? Yeah, I wonder if she'll really run. You know, I wonder if she'll end up in a maiden race later. I, I, I don't know about you. I watched her work at the Ocala sale. I, I thought it was extremely unimpressive, and I'm surprised. I don't know what to think. I mean, this is a 23-year-old dam, and I know she's had some very good foals, but not – as much recently as a three-year gap since the last bowl, and I would never play this horse. <laughs> you know, I I hope for Gary's sake, and uh, I, I, I'm wrong, but I don't know. This is a tough spot to run a, run a firster. I do think that a first-time starter won this race the first time I ever saw this guy. Work, though. I believe Najana um, won this race in 1974, a five, as a first-time starter. Interesting. Yeah, you, you do see these first timers kind of win these stakes races, but generally I feel like it's a, usually when they're a little weaker. This is a really strong group. I'd be surprised yeah. if a couple of these don't end up making some hay as we move along. Although uh, last year's winner, Catherine the Great, has not won since, and Dream It Is, who won in 2017, never won again. So who knows? Well, Dream happen. It Is got hurt. Dream It right. Is did get hurt. Catherine the Great is really a shame. I mean, it's funny you mentioned those two. They both ran so great, right? We're in the Schuylerville, and yep. they never really reproduced it. But Dream It Is, unfortunately, got hurt, and she just never came back the same. 
Right. And Sweet Loretta won in 2016. She ended up uh, doing some more damage. But yeah, obviously these horses are precocious and they probably aren't going to go on to be great four or five year olds. But you would expect them to maybe have more success into the fall, at least, and hopefully into their three year old campaigns. All right, let's go to the co-feature race nine on the card. The uh, quick call grave three, five and a half furlong turf sprint for three year olds. And I think we have to start here. With Call Paul uh, for Jason Service, five for nine, comes off the uh, impressive win, albeit against PA Breads, on the dirt in the Danzig at Penn National on June 1st. Are you surprised to see Call Call Paul trying the turf in this spot with all the success on the dirt, or do you think it makes sense uh, for Service to go to the turf? Well, I mean, I think, and you look at this race, it's a funny race, right? Because there's a lot more dirt form than turf form throughout yeah. the race, right? And I think yep. a lot of these people entered thinking, let's take a shot and see if we have a turf horse. And, you know, maybe it rains and it comes off, and that's to our benefit. So, obviously, if it rained and came off, Call Paul would be the horse to beat. Um, I asked Mike Dub, actually, who's one of the owners and, you know, the chief owner, you know, about it. He said, well, we've always felt he had a turf foot, and... So it's a good race to take a shot in. Don't forget, they won it last year with World of Trouble, same connections, and in his turf debut. And if it gets rained off, obviously, we're in a great spot. So they're taking a shot. I, I get the impression from, from, from them they're going to be running. I, I know you and I are going to think similarly about this. You're going to use him somewhere defensively? Absolutely, because he's very talented. But this is a horse at a relatively short price I'm looking to bet against in a turf race. I mean, I just this horse does not have any turf pedigree, really. Yeah, I couldn't find much pedigree at all, and I, that's why I started with the question. I, I was a little surprised. I mean, been so solid, uh, obviously can move forward off the turf start in a number of ways, but also the five and a half furlongs. One in that, uh, one in the debut at five and a half, but has been going seven in most of his best starts. Last time he went six. Maybe the five and a half will be a little, um, a little short for him. And and I kind of wonder what kind of, what kind of trip are you foreseeing uh, from where he draws in this, in this field? Well, I mean, it's, it's a funny race, right? And because the interesting thing about him is that recently he's shown enormous speed, right? They had kind of taken him off the pace in his races. And some of it may have been, he had some gate issues. He seems to be over his gate issues, which is good. Um, I don't think he's going to be far off of it, but how's he going to run with gladiator King early? Gladiator King is a fast horse. He is, and so is uh, yeah. So is Abyssinian uh, to the inside. Abyssinian, yeah. Um, yeah, and even fully loaded. Who I'm not much of a fan. I mean, he could get him caught in between horses potentially. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Abyssinian. You wonder is West. I mean, there's a three year the, the Philly version of this race. She is a Philly. Is Sunday the Coronation Cup? But maybe Wesley Ward has Phillies for that race, and he decided to run this one. He's obviously not averse to running Phillies against the boys, and he's had real success doing it. But I'll be interested to see. Um, is, is she in fact going to run in here or is he going to run a coordination cup on Sunday? Um, maybe as others, but we'll see. I think she's a major player in this race on turf. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see her run. She's kept some very good company. I, I like listing in here, Scott. I, I think listing, um, last race was terrific. And if you look at listing more as a sprinter, I mean, the race is, this is a horse that, you know, early in his three-year-old year was running fast figs and competitively in turf sprints, and just, I thought last race, which was at five furlongs, maybe this horse six and a half furlongs down the hill isn't necessarily even best for Maybe, in fact, he's best going these shorter distance races, right? I mean, to me, if Listing runs back to his last race, isn't he going to be pretty tough in here? 
I agree 100% with that take. I thought that was the most impressive effort on the turf of anyone in the field, that back on June 9th at Santa Anita against Open Company in the Desert Code. Uh, I love the fact that uh, Joel Rosario gets back uh, in saddle, should fit this one perfectly, hopefully kind of a a mid-pack type trip, I'd hope, um, off of the speed horses that we just mentioned. Uh, Yeah, if if, uh, if he can run back to that race, five furlongs at Santa Anita. He's the one to beat outside of, obviously, Call Paul, who, if he translates his form to the dirt or to the turf, could be very tough. Did you have any thoughts on the outside two horses, Sambaya and Dumpf? I do. I do. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. (laughs) Actually, if the race comes off the turf, I like Dumpf. To be honest, I think he's a really interesting horse cutting back on dirt. Uh, they're trying on the turf sprinting. Maybe he'll prove to be a better turf sprinter because his dirt, turf races are not really good enough to be competitive here. So he's going to have to be better cutting back. I think on the dirt, he'd be interesting. I think somebody is very dangerous here, and I'm going to use him on the turf. He's actually got pedigree. His dam was a two-time yep. winner of the turf, which I'm sure you looked up. Um, she hasn't produced a turf winner, but it's only the second foal. And I think that somebody is an interesting horse. He ran the best race he's ever run last time out. And Todd's trying the turf off a couple of turf works. So I have to think that he's shown him, he's shown him something on the turf. And I think he's a very interesting horse in here. I would not want him to beat me in here to price. We feel the same. Yeah, two for eight on the turf was uh, for Toronto. Both of those were down the hill at Santa Anita. Love the outside draw. Hopefully will allow Luis Saez to kind of stalk just off the pace, maybe uh, get the jump on anyone closing if they go quick early. Dumpf is an interesting horse. I remember uh, November 24th of last year was all the hype for the Kentucky uh, Jockey Club. Um, but, yeah, it was all the hype that day, and you going into that race. And granted, it was on the slot, but – really did not perform as to the way the connections thought um, that he would. And and then I really liked him in the springboard mile, cutting back yeah. to a mile and disappointed that day when I thought he maybe he showed well, that though. he really did want to be a sprinter uh, after that point and yeah. really hasn't got a chance to do so. Yeah, no, I think he's a, he's an interesting horse in here. And, you know, I wonder if they entered a little bit to decide, and I'm, I'm kind of friendly connections, I meant to ask them about it, to decide whether or not they'd run if it was on the turf. And, you know, I mean, He's probably not good enough, so you probably can't really run him in the in the Amsterdam. But maybe you take a shot, you know, and, and see because I think he is interesting turning back. It's not as though he hasn't run some quick races. You know, he chased that fast pace in the Pat Day Mile, going a mile and the Springboard Mile. I thought he actually ran pretty well, and he's pretty better shorter. I, 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 if this is, it's funny. I don't want the race to come off the turf, but if in an, in a, in, a, in a bubble they had to take one race off the turf, I choose this one because he'll be a big price and he has a shot. Yeah, he certainly is not. The two outside horses are not horses that I'm willing to let beat me. Although the horse to their inside, Neverland Rock, is a horse I am willing to let beat me. I thought had every chance to win last time out, and I'm going to pass on on the Steve Asmussen training. All right, the finale, the payoff leg in the uh, first late pick five of the meeting at Saratoga is a maiden maiden 40 claimer uh, on the inner turf, mile on a 16th. I thought a very uh, another very interesting gambling race. We get plenty of those, especially uh, on the latter yeah. part of the card at Saratoga. Did you have a strong opinion in here? Well, no, it, it's hard. I mean, I'm going to use I, I, if I get alive, I'd like to be alive to the five, seven, eight, nine. Um, I think Encore Kitten will be overbet, and I'd probably try to beat 
the eight encore kitten and playing the race, but I don't want to leave her out based on the last race. I prefer to use the ones inside and outside of her elite mom and to a friend dropping down for maiden special to maiden claimer. I just want to use those kind of drop downs in these races because this is not a particularly strong field. So I'm comfortable with those three and I'm not going to leave the five darling in the spot of the race. I mean, I understand this is a $10,000 yearling purchase, four-year-old firster for Chad Brown. This does not have the look of a good horse in Chad's barn, but I'm going to tell you something. Chad Brown's not running horses on opening day at Saratoga in these spots that can't run at all. Maybe I'll be wrong, but it's just not his MO. You know what I mean? If this horse was a real bum, he'd probably have run her at Monmouth. And he probably would bet run her later in the meet if they wanted to run in Saratoga. He would not go out on opening day with the worst horse in his barn. And I know she doesn't look like the kind of horse that you would think he would have, but I'm going to throw her in. I'm not, if this horse, if I were to be alive in here and didn't use this firster from Chad Brown at one, I'd feel like the biggest dope in the grounds. So I would find actually company with people that already think I'm the biggest dope in the ground. <laughs> well, we know that you're not, but a hard horse to be overly excited about, like you say, but equally hard to want to toss, uh, especially right. if spreading uh, t- in a horizontal situation. I like number nine to a friend most. I think you said that was one yeah. of the four. Um, real solid debut against better, obviously, at Gulfstream, April 13th. Really picked it up a little bit late against a much better group. You have Valiance in there, I believe, who was uh, still undefeated. Dinah Passer, who was a long shot in one of the stakes races on Saturday. Uh, I thought that effort would easily be good enough to win this race. And then on May, well, barring outside of the Chad horse, but the firster. But and then May twenty third over a good going on a mile and three eighths um, was a bit against the flow in that race. Did not show the amount of fight I would like to have seen, but maybe a mile and three eighths is a bit further than she wants to go. Now she gets to drop in class thomas takes the blinkers off assuming that tyler gaffleone can avoid a, a losing significant ground from the outside draw I, I really like this horse's chances um and you mentioned the horse encore kitten who uh without the morning lines but i assume will be the favorite uh or at least one of them uh did have every chance to win in kind of a weird race that day on june 13th yeah. here at churchill uh ricardo santana jr either got beat to the spot or just didn't have the horse but uh really looked um the field wasn't that spectacular. Heaven Escapes, Apollo Lobo horse that came in from uh, from California. I would have liked to have seen Encore Kitten win that day, and, and she certainly yep. is capable of, of running that race and maybe winning again uh, on Thursday, but not a horse that I would be uh, overly excited to bet either. Um, the yeah, one horse I, she- I agree with all that. I want to say something else quickly about Danny Gargan. I, I, I'm not saying Danny Gargan's obviously not Chad Brown. He hasn't won Eclipse Awards, but Danny is a very high percentage winning trainer. And I view a similar thing about guys like that. When Danny Gargan is supposed to win and they don't, it's a real negative to me, you know, and she should have won last time. It doesn't mean she won't win tomorrow, but I think that she had her best chance last time. I think it's a knock at you. Sounds like we think the same. The one horse you didn't mention, Andy, as we finish up here is number three going to Temple. Um, is it the number four? No, no, I know. Going to oh. Temple, the kid right horse that ran behind Encore Kit. She's worth bringing up, I agree. No, she's yeah, girl. she was off a step slow. You get a huge rider upgrade yep. to Saez. Lynch, generally better second out of the gate instead of with his firsters. And didn't have clear sailing in the lane. Wasn't major trouble, but for the first-timer, I just thought it was enough to give this horse a look and include her. I'd probably rather use her at a, at a higher price than Encore Kitten if I had to choose between the two. Obviously, if I'm trying to get through the race um, because I'm leveraging other opinions, I'd use them both. But uh, that's a horse I thought worth mentioning going to Temple. 
No, I agree. She's the most interesting long shot in this race because you're right about everything you said. And at least I don't know if you're right. I agree with you. So I <laughs> right. Um, I, I agree. And I really gave her a long look. I'm just afraid this may ultimately be too tough a spot for her. But I don't disagree. She's a little bit sneaky in here. The big rider upgrade, like you said, all the things you said. I gave her a long, long look before just deciding others may be better. But I'm not going to knock somebody. She's well, let's put it this way. She will absolutely be no worse than the C. I'm not going to leave her off my tickets completely because she is an interesting long shot. And who did you make your top selection uh, on Naira.com? I actually put the I actually put the five on top. My picks are up on Naira.com. If you want to look, I put Darling in the seat spot on the side. This is going to be a rare Chad Brown horse that's not going to be a short price. I put the nine to a friend second. I mean, and I think Elite Mom. You shouldn't just admit Elite Mom. It is a real drop down for her. And since I'm not thrilled with Encore Kitten, I don't. I'd rather use her. So I went five, nine, seven, eight here. Um, but I agree with you. The long shot going to Temple. Yeah, and Elite Mom's had trouble uh, relaxing early, so if she could figure out those issues against Lesser, certainly a major player there for uh, Jorge Abreu. Um, all right, well, I really uh, enjoyed going through that uh, that pick five with you. I'm really excited. Are you good, are you a guy that plays a lot of pick fives? I know we talk a little uh, about oh, yeah. gambling, oh, yeah. not too much. So you're excited? Oh, yeah. Well, you've been playing it for you've been playing it for years now, so it's just, yeah, just yeah. willing to share, yeah, you know. They're, they're fun to play, you know, pick fives, even pick fours, you know, depending on how they work out. But absolutely. I mean, listen, they, they offer the opportunity to um, to spread out your, your handicapping and acumen to sort of diffuse the takeout. And I think, with the, you know, the great bets. Yeah. And, and with the, the lowest takeout. Thing. Yep. 15 yeah. percent takeout. It's, it's where. Right. Yep, yep. Definitely where I focus my energy. Uh, just about out of time, Andy. And I really appreciate you taking the time as you're about to get su- super busy. I know. Is there any horse? That we uh, that we didn't speak of over the first uh, five races that you're uh, excited to gamble on or maybe fade as a favorite. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't want to get buried on opening day. Um, I will say a couple of horses that I wouldn't mind trying to beat favorites with. In the second race, I realized that Cyf will probably win, but you know, Chad Brown bringing this horse back on 19 days is kind of Chad Brown, and, and you know, I I don't make these comments because he's somebody I know and he tells me things. I just try to psychoanalyze. I think we all try to psychoanalyze trainers, you know, and think, what are they thinking? And with a guy like Chad Brown, he's not treating this horse like he's really high, high on him. And he's going to be a short price. And I thought sneakiness who has turf pedigree to move forward yeah. is a very interesting alternative to science in the second race. And I have a little bit of a bomb in the third shadow rider that I have to bet on. He's in a tough spot, but I think he's a little bit interesting and, 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 you know, he's going to be a big price in here. So there are two horses at prices. I'm going to try to get home earlier in the card. Yeah. You mentioned sneakiness, a horse I'm absolutely uh, thinking about gambling on depending on price, but like you mentioned the turf pedigree there, I think uh, Joel should get a perfect spot off the early speed. And yes, IF has not wowed me. Maybe the cutback to five and a half furlongs will help, but certainly is not finished with a lot of run in those last two races, despite uh, taking a lot of money and finishing second. Yeah. He might've just lost to better horses, but I just, I look at him and I think, Boy, Chad's bringing this horse back awfully fast, and that's just not his MO. Um, I mean, obviously, it's Saratoga, and you're trying to win races, and you're trying to find horses the spots as well. I mean, it's, it is really fun watching these guys. And, and, and looking at these first couple cards, Todd Fletcher is not going down for the Saratoga trainer's, trainer's title without a fight. It's not going to be easy to beat Chad, to say the least. But, 
he's not going to concede it. He's going to be, he's ready. I'm sure Todd has been laying in wait with a lot of horses. <laughs> like he did two years ago. I think, you know, his beating Chad Brown two years ago was, was, was one of the most underrated, impressive performances by a trainer in years, even though it's Todd Fletcher. I think Todd's smart and he's, he's ready, you know? And that's part of what makes Saratoga so awesome, these top trainers really going at it and shooting for that title. Well, Andy, I really appreciate you taking the time out. I'm disappointed I I most likely won't get up to uh, Saratoga this summer as planned. But uh, if I do, you obviously know I'll be in contact. But uh, hold it down for me. I I have a feeling you'll, you'll do a great job as always. I'll do my best, and I appreciate you uh, you having me on. And I, I enjoyed it. And if you want to try me later in the meet on one of the days off, uh, I'm there for you. Sounds good, man. Thanks again, and uh, enjoy yourself uh, in upstate New York. We can call it upstate. I mean, is that we don't you don't call it's it upstate, upstate New York? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. No, it's upstate. We're upstate. Okay, okay. Anything about right. Westchester? I think is upstate. All right, thanks, man. Uh, thanks, Andy. Thanks, as always, for joining us on the Who Do You Like podcast this week. We'll get back into some racing in the coming weeks, but next week we'll be looking into the final of four golf majors, the Open Championship. Really looking forward to that event. Likely have Garrett Skiba back on to finish things up. Until then, good luck in all your endeavors. Good luck at Saratoga. This has been the Who Do You Like podcast. For more information and to place your bets, go to betamerica.com.